welcome to Level Up and Friends, where those of us from the video game and comic book store, Level Up Entertainment, get together with some friends each week. Um, joining me this week, I've got Danny. Uh, they have a new comic on Kickstarter um, that's pretty uh, interesting uh, to check out, and hopefully we promote it and you want to take a look at it today. Um, but I, you know, as usual, I'm your host, Scott, um, and joining me this week is the creator, Danny. Hello, I'm Danny. Um, so yeah, uh, I've got comic out. I have the proof here. So we have a prop that we can look at. Nice. Uh, this is the right one, right? No, it's this one. Okay, this one is more damaged than the other and I only want to handle that one. Um, yeah, so what should I start with? Uh, let's see, where can people find your work? Um, okay, so yeah, you can follow me. Um, I'm really only on Twitter at Impossible Snail. No funny spellings, just impossible snail. Um, also an Instagram, impossible snail. I'm trying to trying to get more, uh, do more on Instagram, but it's right now it's just promo for the book. But I, I swear, eventually I'll start getting good at social media. <laughs> um, oh, you and me both. Yeah. Um, other than that, the Kickstarter uh, is just titled the skirt, um, or if you go to either that Twitter or Instagram, you will definitely find links all over the place. So whatever you want to do for that. And I'll pop a link in the description for this podcast as well. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, like, let's talk a little bit about the skirt. Like what's the elevator pitch for it? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I thought I had this prep, so I'm going to try to walk through my, yeah. So basically the gist of the story is it's, it's very much just a comedy and it's kind of playing along the lines of those like corny like 50s monster movies and it's basically the gist of um, our character john is your typical perfect 50s little uh like every man and he gets hit by a truck of nuclear waste and discovers that he has awoken now with this terrible skirt um and he has to navigate society where everybody's freaking out like why why does he have a skirt um, oh, and he's turning into a giant 50 foot monster, but that's not the important part. <laughs> that's yeah. not the important part. Um, but that's, that's the joke. It's, it's a joke on, um, you know, society. We live in a society and how society kind of obsesses about gender and gender roles almost to its own detriment as mm -hmm. literally nobody will drop the skirt issue when there's a literal giant monster threat but that's not the important part. Everybody's freaking out because they can't handle that there's a man in a skirt. What do we do? What do we do about this? Um, but yeah, it's, it's about it's about being trans. It's it's about dysphoria. It's about um, you know gender and society. But that's the general plot of it all. We'll say, I mean, using giant monsters as, a, as like an allegory for something else, some, like societal issues. Uh, is pretty classic. I mean, Godzilla is just there to represent, you know, the atomic oh, bomb. Godzilla. You can kind of see my one Godzilla poster over there, but yeah. I definitely have more. <laughs> well, say, well, um, I know you're a Godzilla fan because on the Kickstarter you have uh, to promote it. You have pictures of Godzilla. Yeah, <laughs> I had him holding up the book so I could take pictures with it. Mm -hmm. um, this first going off. Let me silence that. Um, but yeah, but yeah, no, specifically the monster thing though is a fun allegory for other issues it's it's both like interestingly enough this is gonna distract me let me stretch them okay interesting it's like it's both to play up that joke of like 
everybody's so obsessed with the skirt, they will ignore the giant monster. But then also the monster side also kind of represents a sort of like gender euphoria and that like, um, this is gonna be the weird one. You can let me know if I'm rambling off and you will have other questions. No, no go for but, it. Um, yeah, but it's, it's eventually the sort of like, I, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess the finale comes in this thing of like realizing that being a giant monster is fun and it's fun to be this new thing. Um, it's fun to be a new thing. It's not necessarily about like being a monster is terrible. It's fun to be a new thing not falling necessarily into one of the split categories of gender um, that society is so obsessive about and all that. <laughs> Yeah, we recently did an episode on like that genderqueer experience. Um, yes. And, you know, it's, I mean, people should definitely go back and listen to that one. But, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, you know, because it's also good for my, my, uh, my engagement and whatnot. But, um, you know, basically, like, you know, everyone's got a different experience. And really, it's kind of this great, just like with gender and sexuality and stuff, there's kind of this great spectrum there. And once, you kind of break out of the, the pre-programmed box for you. It's like, you know, really discover yourself and become, you can become just so much naturally happier. Yeah. I mean, by joke is that's why it's called being gay. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we've, we've had a couple of episodes explaining like, you know, uh, uh, coming out and whatnot. Uh, on the podcast. Yeah, I saw some of stuff. Almost as many episodes as we've done about Star Trek, but there'll never be more episodes than that because <laughs> I want to talk about that more than I want to talk about my own queerness or whatever. Um, but yeah, so what's cool cool about your Kickstarter is if you back it on any level, you'll get the PDF of of it right away, um, so you can immediately start reading it, which is exciting. And I know yeah. you already made your goal, so yeah, I like I'm gonna be honest, like I, I just want I just kind of want it to be out there. Like this started more as just like a passion project I just wanted to do. So I I really like because I because I know people are just like oh don't give it away don't give stuff away for free and I get I get that there's a, a lot of discussion in the artist community, but I also I also feel like I don't do comics that often it's not like my thing, so I just I wanted to give like if you want it here it is even if we don't and like because the sort of threat of it is if we didn't fund then obviously people got it for free but like I don't know I just wanted to be out there. That's um, exciting. So yeah, you get it as soon as you pledge. Um, and then obviously you can just get that. Well, I'll, let me run, we'll run through the, the pitch while we're here. <laughs> you can just get the PDF um, or you can get the book when it comes through. Um, there's also stickers and we did meet our stretch goals. So you will get a free sticker if you buy anything that ships um, because I don't want to ship just a sticker. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I will um, say the stickers are really cool. I've shown them to some friends. I would love, so you have one that's a parody of the Comics Code Authority, but it's like the Trans Code Authority. Yeah, I yeah. would love a whole series of those for the different, like, uh, oh, that would be cool. Like gender and sexual, asexual, you know, I sexual might do stuff. That. <laughs> I'd love like a demure or an asexual one personally. Um, I could also see them as pins eventually, but I think that is, like, I kind of want to back it just for that, but I might yeah. have to get the book at that point, you know, uh, as well. Um, so I think they're really cool. They're worth checking out. You also have a couple other uh, good ones too. Hmm. Um, wanted by the CIS and so the CIA is pretty good as well. God, the CIS. That's, that's like, there's a few jokes that are like, are so funny, but it's like, I don't, I don't want to, like, I don't want to give them away because the book is a comedy, but like, just there's a government organization just called the CIS and it's the funniest thing. And I didn't come up with it. I was literally like, because the whole time I was like, I know we have to have a government organization. 
And I was like, I'll come up with an acronym later. And I was thinking, it's like, is there something that we could, is there a way to spell like gender? Is there a way to spell like whatever? And then like, I just, I'm pitching it to my friend and they're like, the CIS. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like one of those serendipitous lightning moments. Yeah, it's just like, that's it. You did it. You, you did it. <laughs> um, I looked it up and there isn't, there isn't a CIS organization out there. In fact, very conveniently, if you Google CIS, it just brings up cisgender. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, since it's obviously going to be a reference to that. Um, yeah. What's it? Oh, I guess we'll probably we'll say for what it stands for for you. You have to you have to back it and read it yourself. Yeah. Um, but I'm gonna talk about your your artistic inspiration a little bit now. This oh, book yeah. is very clearly like the old '50s style comics. Like I love yeah. the ad that's on the back of it. Um, like it's you know the old like getting oh, yeah, the... dirt kicked in your sand. Yeah, the dirt kicked buff. Because they knew what they knew a bunch of scrawny little nerds were reading comic books. Um, yeah, <laughs> the exact um, demographic that would fall for it. It's yeah, so like, what are some of your like artistic inspirations? You know, um, yeah. So I I mentioned that obviously, like I'm a, I I love those old corny monster movies that are terrible, the rubber suits and all that. Um, and so I've always loved that like kind of genre. I've always loved like '50s aesthetic in general. I don't know why I just do like that's just my thing. Um, I've always loved. I've always loved specifically. I like fifties aesthetic, but you're kind of poking fun at the way it's so perfect and pristine. And like, like Little Shop of Horrors is another kind of point to for a sort of inspiration of that. And this, we're pulling from that like kind of dark comedy in this perfect little world. Um, and like Rocky Horror Picture Show, which is has this controversy I'm not going to um and all that like I've always, I've always kind of loved that like that kind of aesthetic that kind of space um and yeah like this this project came from like a like it just sort of happened like it really did have like I was I was already working for like another for fun project that I totally abandoned for this <laughs> um mm -hmm. it was gonna be like just like a storyboard and it was another like kind of 50s s thing and i actually i came up with john for that um and so it was and i was like jokingly i was jokingly terrorizing my friends with this perfect like 50s man it was like and he's he ha doesn't have anxiety and he loves to do the lawn uh and he did like he talks to his neighbors and all the terrifying things that all of us socially anxious folk couldn't yeah, that stand sounds to like, do. that sounds like a nightmare I know it sounds like a nightmare. So I have this terrible nightmarish creation. Um, so I had him kicking around and in like the other corner, I kept, uh, I was talking about that, like there really is this overlap of, and I, I'm sure plenty of people have pointed out this whole things have dissected it of like, there really is this overlap of monster movies and the love of horror and monsters and the queer community as a whole. Um, yeah, I know there's, there's, I've seen a lot of think pieces on that stuff. I'm not qualified enough to discuss it in depth. Yeah, but I, I'm also sure it's one of those things where like anybody could be right. You can come up yeah. with the reason, but um, there also is like, and for maybe obvious reasons, if you really sit down and put it together, there really is a love of specifically like transformative monsters in the trans community. Again, probably for very obvious reasons <laughs> that the trans community is like, wow, it'd be cool to suddenly just like transform into a totally new person. Hmm. Um, so I, I was like sitting down and kicking around one day. I was just like, 
everybody like puts trans narratives to these kinds of stories and monsters why don't we just like make one just make one is like this is this is about being trans here is this monster story and it's about being gay and trans like yeah <laughs> um and i was like somebody should just do that and i guess that's me so i had like that kicking around i had john kicking around um and then i just like started putting it together i just like started one day i had a lot of other stuff going on i was not not like like well, i was like really stressed out and it wasn't depressing stuff it was just like i had to help a friend move i had to do this i had to go over there like i was just like stressed out and i like to just pick up a project when i'm stressed for some reason when i'm busy i decided to do more um and i just like and i just like started busting it out like i just started doing it and then i got halfway through and was like well i guess i'm doing it now i guess i'm making a comic now <laughs> um sometimes yeah but yeah it was, it was it was just an exploration of that space. Actually, again, let me know if I'm rambling too off the rails. That's all good. I do that a lot. Um, uh, I do it too. That's what the that's what the people come to the show. Yeah, for. that's that's what the people <laughs> are here for. Um, I did I did one one sort of interesting angle of it though. I've, the other the other big thing that sort of kicked it off was this is a very common thread in a lot of a lot of ways that when people do like trans stories, especially fun, more supernatural ones like this, and there's nothing wrong with this. This is just usually what you see is that somebody is one gender and magic forces make them the other. Oh no. And then they're like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. Um, and that's usually the story. Um, but I was like, I was dealing with like some dysphoria, not not like dealing with it, but it was like in the back of my mind, I was thinking about it. And I'm a creative person. And I like to try to think of like, try to put it out there, like something, even if it's a silly little cartoon. And I was, and then, so I came up with, so I had John and then I just had a bunch of sketches of just like John in the skirt. Um, and one of the gags that I didn't actually do in the comic was that like, the legs and upper body don't cooperate. Like the, like, walking and realize no I don't want to be walking that way and like just dealing with that um and I realized I really like this angle of like um he's he, it's it's not like one gender becoming another it's you're just this gender and then something I'm gonna say wrong in quotes I don't know how to word it properly something is forced upon you this isn't John becoming a new gender this is the experience of dysphoria where he just, he is a man and he was living his life just fine, but then something was put on him. And that feels more like dysphoria to me that like in a perfect world where nobody bugged anybody about anything, it's not like, like we would just be living, like we would just be minding our own business. Dysphoria is kind of results of society forcing a label on you. And so you feel you feel that wrongness only because there is these boxes that are forced on you. And so what the skirt is in representing that is again, it's, it's not the starting as one and becoming another. It's, I just wanna be who I am this whole time, but everybody's freaking out about this one feature. Everyone's um, saying like, you don't look the way you're supposed yeah, to. Yeah, you're not the way you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and so that's, and that's, and that's the angle that the skirt and all that comes from. Um, no problem. Uh, so say you're a big fan of the old school monster movies and yeah. stuff. Uh, 
what's what are some of your favorites there um definitely godzilla unfortunately like obviously i mean everyone obviously. yeah i mean like that one's that's the obvious one um man i hate questions like these because i always blink out well, i'll um, just say i, I, I actually, can't remember what my first one is as it's gotta have been like some old crappy godzilla movie that was on like yeah there's some so sunday morning channel i think the first monster movie i remember like really seeing and blow me away is probably jurassic park <laughs> um, no yeah jurassic park um if you know if you if you count that as a giant monster movie but you know it's, it's a sci-fi yeah technically i mean they're uh, big monsters they're not real they're, dinosaurs you know but like that is true they're not technically accurate yeah. funny enough um i think I actually have a really, I really love Mothra. It was another one of those in the sort of Godzilla verse. You know what? I think you might be the first person that's ever said, I really love Mothra. I love Mothra. <laughs> yeah, she's actually one of my favorites. Um, I think that was like one of the first ones I ever saw. Um, and I just had like an attachment to it, to her like that, thus. Um, mm -hmm. Like, She's just a giant moth, so there's nothing really about it. But I don't know. I like her. She's it, adorable. It, it's weird. Like, <laughs> it's weird saying that Mothra is probably the most absurd of those monsters because just the concept of them in general is extremely absurd. Yeah. So, oh, it's literally a giant moth. Like, what's it gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I get a giant, like, laser blasting lizard is very destructive. Uh, yeah. But what's a moth gonna do? Eat all of our shirts? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just a big moth, and she just flies around. But and yeah, she's not even like a villain per se. Yeah, uh, I'm, I guess I'm a bit more of a Ghidorah fan. I just uh, love the effect of just the two wobbling heads. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was like, always fun. But uh, now I, you know, those movies always, you know, are, are great and like. Yeah. We have to do a whole episode on them at some point. Ooh, there's just yeah. so you know so much to talk about how we go into that. But like I love the old cheesy. Like I guess even Power Rangers, you could say because I was into that as a kid. Yeah, you know, they usually every episode had a giant monster fight at the end, and it's like a dude in cardboard boxes to look like a robot made of dinosaurs. Yeah, sorry, Jacob interrupted. <laughs> um, I've got four animals running around the house right now. I've got a baby gate set up so they like are yeah away from me, so I won't, <laughs> my dog won't come and try to jump in my lap and knock my mic and everything over. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I think skirt looks cool. Um, yeah. You know, I think it's coming from a, a good place. Um, it look, the preview pages look funny. I'm looking forward to reading it. Um, I know I'm going to back it at the physical level. Um, I know I, per even though I'll get the PDF, I know I prefer, there's something about having a physical book. Yeah, in no, there really is. It, it just hits differently, you know? Yeah. And no, I'm not just saying that because I own a comic book store and I want you to come in and buy comic books. <laughs> um, it just, it just is different. Like I will read the PDF, you know, pdfs and whatnot um you know sometimes that's the only way certain things are available you know yeah but yeah no it's i mean like for real like there really is something about book like i i got i got the i got this to come in and i was like oh touching it feeling it and it's like it's bigger than i thought it would be it's like thicker than i thought um yeah, how, yeah many, got, how many pages is it um it's 50 drawn pages so i think that's like 20 25 30 it's 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 like 27 i don't remember it's it's somewhere around 25 ish mm -hmm. um i don't know I, I had i've done like a 15 i don't know if the paper is just thicker i don't know it's just bigger than i thought it'd be um but i guess, I guess no no pun intended but like it makes it real when it's in the real world yeah <laughs> so it's got like weight instead of you know just art assets sitting on your yeah. computer 
Yeah, so like, you know, he says you don't normally do comics. Do you think you would, you know, do you like doing comics now or you know, something you think you would do again? Yeah, I mean, like, I I really do like doing comics. I, I don't normally do them in that, like, I it's like the two things that I love to do is either video, I swear. It's fine. <laughs> the two things I love to do is either just like video games or comics. Um, like comics have always been like a really big part of my life and I've always loved the art of making comics and that's how I first started to draw is I wanted to make comics. Um, my only thing is, this is weird as an artist, but I don't always love sitting down and just drawing, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I like game design because it's a lot more technical aspects. Um, so sometimes the act of sitting and drawing 50 pages, is just like tedious to me. And I, I don't always want to do something that dedicated. I mean, I do, uh, I, I do a lot of uh, writing in my part-time and like, I guess it might be similar to the feeling where it's like, Oh God, I got like 3000 more words to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like a big chunk of work that you like, you can like look at and be like, you have to do. Yeah. Um, it's it's always like that um but yeah no like i i do enjoy making comics but i feel like i feel like i wouldn't do it unless i had something else like this where i really wanted to do it um like from like being a grind you know yeah i don't i wouldn't do it as a job as much as every once in a while if i again if i have an idea then i'll do it then um other than out other than that i just freelance for my job like that's i i kind of like just doing it like that yeah, at least like with freelance art, like, you know, it's it's a lot of different kinds of things coming your way. It's like all kinds of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, like maybe maybe someday I'll do another. But right now, it's just like this is this is all I got. I did it. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this is just the, the comic salesman in my brain. But it seems like you could do like whenever you have an idea for like one of these like quote unquote one shots. Um, dealing with the stuff you could eventually like compile them together like in an anthology kind of book yeah i think no, that, that would be really be, cool that would be kind of cool yeah. uh, maybe again maybe we'll just see. whenever you have idea i mean i create a process you do your, you do you man <laughs> but, yeah. um you said you used to you know you grew up reading comic stuff what were some of the books you used to read oh god like all kinds of stuff like like for the record like my dad did like comic convention sales like he had like a big booth and would sell. And so like, mm -hmm. I just had like boxes that I could just go through. Um, he really liked DC. So I mostly read a lot of DC and it was like older, kind of older stuff, um, blanking. I had a lot of Superman, a lot more Superman than anything else. Cause that was his favorite, but God, what was the name of the series? There was one that was like teenage. It was, it was, oh, was it a legion of superheroes maybe i think i think that sounds right there like was like a superboy was in that yeah superboy and there was like yeah and there was a bunch of dudes it's like, um it's like lightning lad and like yeah they're all like ladder boy and yeah there, there was a bunch of teenagers that are like lad and boy and they were trying to be cool and hip <laughs> um yeah i remember like liking that one just because like uh it felt like it had more story than some of the you know like golden age superman where it's just like oh we're save the day from generic evil monsters but this one had like oh they have teen drama yeah and and the setting opens itself up to like anything weird can happen at any yeah. point since it's like the far future and it's space and yeah it's never so there's yeah. no limitations jacob just is here now um Fine. 
people love yeah. it when cats show up on podcasts. So, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, yeah, but yeah, I mostly grew up with DC, and but I really liked Marvel later. But that didn't have a lot of Marvels on. Yeah, I know Marvel was specifically created to like relate to like teenage like yeah. angst more. That's like why Spider Man's so like Charlie yeah. Brownish and like life just keeps dumping on him. Yeah, yeah, just constantly miserable. Actually, Spider Man was one of the. I remember um, there's not a lot of not a lot of it that shows up in like skirt per se, but like one of the things that really helped me draw is like. Spider-Man always fascinated me because he was always like swinging around doing those poses and stuff, you know, they would like really go crazy with how he was like, he would swing and he's got like his leg behind his head and his arms in three different directions. Mm -hmm. And so like, I would just sit down and draw like, it's just a page, like a whole page of just doodles of like crazy Spider-Man poses to learn anatomy and stuff. Like it was just sort of an exercise that I did. Um, so yeah, like in comics, like i just started drawing just because i want to draw comic stuff like <laughs> yeah. i would say i always found spider-man fun to draw because he doesn't have a face yeah that's so too. <laughs> you don't have to worry about making it look good um but you can still be really expressive with the eyes you know yeah oh i love when they do crazy stuff with his eyes i love the i don't like a lot of todd mcfarlane stuff but i love the big spider eyes oh yeah todd mcfarlane yeah it's that was a weird artistic time period that i'm not the biggest fan of i don't like all the sketchy the lines like the, the cross hatching and stuff yeah the 90s is really like messy looking yeah and like it was it was i think todd mcfarland did it the best and then you have like rob lafield and the infamous uh, uh, captain america listen <laughs> everyone still likes rob liefeld for some reason but like i call I, him the guy that ruined the 90s for everybody because he I, got so popular everyone had to ape his style Mm, it was so bad it was so yeah, bad it, it's funny watching like seeing like artists that are still working today like mark bagley and stuff you go back and see their old 90s work and it's just rob liefeld's stuff just that, again yeah. like um i'm sure he's a nice guy i'm not trying to say you know uh yeah i don't i don't know anything about him i just yeah, know that I've, I've never met him but i've never met i've um continuing my thread of somehow comics have like always been a part of my life is like one of my first big jobs was i worked at like a comic store warehouse mm -hmm. for like online buying and selling and i would have to do like the bulk orders so we get like the big long comic boxes that people would sell to us and i would have to be the one to take them all out organize them note if everything's in the box alphabetize it um so just going through like hundreds of comics a day and God, all of his covers. I just I know. there's he has like the one, same five characters over and over again. Like, oh, like, oh, this character is just Wolverine. This character is a different Wolverine. Yeah, it's, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. He made this whole superhero team. It's like all these characters, you're just rehashing all these. It's all like one, yeah. Yeah. This is Jacob. There is this one cover that always baffled me of like it's Captain America and there's like this floating woman's face in like the corner. <laughs> the, and I'm not kidding. Like it's a disembodied floating face. And I just like, does anybody know why it's here? And apparently like he had a robot wife or something. I don't know. It's just, it, and that's the one that the infamous, the Captain America where like you see both his pecs, even though he's standing from the side kind of one. Yeah, and his arm is like, a yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that one's really bad. But um, like I said, he's still doing stuff like, 
It's Deadpool's 30th anniversary, so he's got a ton of variant covers coming yeah. out of Marvel. Right? I forgot he did Deadpool. Sorry that this became just trashing Robert LeField. <laughs> yeah, we, we should. We can move on to something else. Let's go I, back. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry if he's a good guy and you see this podcast. Yeah. I'm sure you're fine. <laughs> yeah, we try to keep it positive, but, you know, sometimes you got to talk about what you got to talk about. Sometimes. Say, but, yeah, I can definitely get more of, like, a golden age silver age vibe from your art style yeah than like any other like period in comic books and that's not just because this one's got a very clearly like 50s aesthetic yeah um my, my friend b calls these kinds of stories um suburban dystopia as i think the phrase we were oh, talking about we were talking about wandavision and i was like man that makes it sound really smart i'm like oh yeah so free for you free to use that urban dystopia is so good I, yeah i can't <laughs> say if they uh coined that term or not but i was like oh that's a good one um, but they really like are a sucker for those kinds of stories like they're really into wandavision i i keep meaning to watch it i don't have disney plus i keep meaning to bum it off of like i think dad has it i might just if you have you know, disney plus i'd say it's worth watching i wouldn't buy it just for that yeah i've been I, I don't know i can't keep up with all these streaming things yeah uh, i can't keep up with just marvel in general there's just so, granted we just had a year off from stuff but there's just so much yeah and it all blends together in my brain now yeah i haven't even watched some of them i mean i know we're spoiled for choice i remember growing up when comic book movies just did not happen yeah or and now we get like 500 a year yeah i know right I remember seeing the like that old Fantastic Four movie, which unfortunately I will defend. I love the, the Roger Corman one, the one that was never officially released. No, the one, um, the one where it had Chris was Chris Evans as oh, it was the Human Torch. Yeah, as the Human Torch. I unfortunately love that movie. I will accept any criticism, but I love that movie. <laughs> uh, My biggest problem with those movies is they don't have a plot. Yeah, the last ten minutes, and then Doctor Doom just shows up and like, I guess I'm a bad guy yeah that's really it he's like come at me bro at the very end and then they beat him real fast and it's over yeah i mean those those movies sort of get the dynamic because i'm a big fantastic four fan and like they kind of get the interpersonal like like interactions there but like just you need something more for them to do yeah to to justify it being a movie like I don't know. I, I want to like them more. My favorite one's the Roger Corman one, the one that was made to just to hold on to the rights and was never intended to be released. And people don't know if it's, people aren't sure if it is even finished because there's a lot of dialogue that should be ADR'd that's not. Oh no. Um, I might look into that. <laughs> it's pretty good. There's also an amazing documentary about it called Doomed because the movie was meant to not come out and they didn't tell the actors and stuff. So they're trying. Um, I, I, yeah, I would say check it out. It's never been officially released so everything's just a bootleg of a bootleg you know even though it's now on the internet um it's kind of like the star wars holiday special it got out there now everyone has access (laughs) but unlike the star wars holiday special i think it's worth watching (laughs) um the holiday special is not worth watching by anyone not even after you have like some weird curiosity you might have it's just yeah it's it's so boring and long like yeah that's really the crime of it it's just boring somehow (laughs) it's so boring yeah um you can watch a highlights video on youtube and you're good to go but like um, honestly like any review video on youtube is yeah yeah, look up roger corman's fantastic four it's pretty good like the effects aren't great because it's the 90s and they're trying to do some cg stuff with the human torch but like and again it's not (laughs) meant to be released it's made on the cheap but like it's i don't know it's fun and it's got this charm to it that uh the other movies don't have the big budget ones don't 
Um, but yeah, um, it's a it's a great movie. But yeah, I, I yeah, it's a yeah suburban dystopia. Um, feel free to use that. It's I might honestly yeah, like. Yeah. I need to write that down. That's like a really good like genre label because that's exactly yeah. the kind of stuff that I love. Yeah, because um, there's like you know like uh, like a lot of old uh, Twilight Zone episodes kind of fall into that. Granted, that's more because it was contemporary at the time. But yeah, like, uh, that was the time. Yeah, because I can think of a couple of them. I'm I don't I can remember the names, but there's like the the aliens are in like a small town, and it's like a metaphor for like you know communists or whatever, and the paranoia of like, oh my god, who's the other person? Like things. There's a lot of stuff like that in the old Twilight Zone. Um, yeah, I haven't actually watched several like a, too much of the old Twilight Zone either. I mean, um, I'm the be- the benefit of Twilight Zone of getting into that now is the anthology nature of it. Um, you can just go on like down like the top episodes list. Yeah. Like, oh, this is interesting. And just watch it. You don't have to like sit there and like watch the yeah. whole thing all the way through. It's not like a series. Yeah. But I, I find most like the good episodes of that show are really good and they still are good today. Um, just because the, the stories and concepts are so strong. You yeah. Know, that stuff will always be relevant. Yeah. Even if like, the flying saucers and stuff look like two paper plates. <laughs> you know, you, you the characters and stuff, you, you move beyond it. Like the one, there's one where William Shatner uh, just goes insane, like with this little fortune telling machine at a diner. But like it's really tense, and like he does, like nothing happens. <laughs> they're just sitting in a booth talking to his wife while they're waiting for like a car to get fixed, and it's one of my favorite episodes. Again, I don't remember the names because I don't remember names. I feel like I've, things. I've that one. Um, there's some yeah, there's some good ones. Um, yeah, you might you might be into them if you're because uh, the skirt reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, no, I think that's, just that's, just that's, the aesthetics and like the other sci-fi nature aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say yeah. Let's uh, if you haven't again, if you haven't checked it out, the links in description. Um, donate at any level, you'll be able to get the book immediately. Um, Advertise exactly, and then you know, comment on this uh, web zone what you thought yeah. of it, um, and uh, we'll definitely check it out. And then hopefully if this is successful, maybe you'll, you'll be able to do some more stuff in the future. I, I, it is doing very well. I was I was really nervous about it. Like, cause I, again, I don't usually do comics. I haven't done anything like this. I've never done a Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. And well, at least directly, I've been involved in stuff that had Kickstarters, but I never did the Kickstarter. Um, yeah, like something you just like contributed towards. Yeah. Um, like just, I did arts for things or like other comics and like, but um. Yeah, it's, I was like, I really, I really just like went into it with this idea of like, well, it's probably going to fail. And that's just a good experience. Um, I even set the Kickstarter goal pretty low. Like it didn't, I set it a few hundred short just on the assumption that I was like, I can cover a few hundred and sell the books and make it up. Like I just wanted to cover most of it because I, I sell stuff online. I sell stuff at conventions. I was, yeah. I was going to be fine just taking that. Um, but it, it, funded it funded even more all the way to the actual just like full-on costs that i needed to cover um so i'm very surprised it's doing very well um y'all seem to really like it that yeah. little, little hard. Do, you, do you think like it uh like a touch the chord maybe like you know the trans community or you think it like branched like people aren't even like caring about that aspect of it but i think like, oh this looks neat let me back it yeah. i think i think that's honestly like i i mean i did specifically sit down and make it and i was like this is a story about giant monsters and stuff and it's about being trans and like i like i said there's, there's this huge overlap of people who love giant monster stuff and are trans or queer and like i said it's like somebody needs to just go ahead and make that story with the label this is about this 
And so, yeah, I think like a lot of people come in, they're like, oh my God, this is what I wanted. It's like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody wanted it. Nobody was doing it. So I, I did it. There you go. Uh, yeah, like nature abhors a vacuum. So, you know, you, you were the one that happened to fill it. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. greatness is thrust on you, you know? <laughs> Sometimes you see the vacuum is like, well, somebody's got to put something in there. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'll she said. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry, I also watch a lot of The Office, so it's all good. That's um, but yeah, I, I definitely say like check it out while you got like five minutes. Like how many? There's a, a bunch of preview pages of it. Like what's like the first? Yeah, I put pages? like the first eight pages up. Oh, eight. Yeah, so even more. Yeah. You know, so you can check cool. it out. You get the. You get to. It gets to the. The. The like, title drop. The, yeah, it gets to like the. I'm trying to think what it is in storytelling. Like it's not the rising action. Oh, inciting incident. Really quick. Inciting incident. Yes. Yes. See, I know some big words sometimes. Um, sometimes we can sound like we know it um but yeah no it's it's the first eight pages it gets to the title drop it's the uh the the horrible crash and the terrible reveal um so yeah if you again if you if you if you chuckle at any of the jokes or are interested then you'll probably like the rest yeah it's very goofy reminds me of like um like a bit of a tex avery yeah Type, uh, type type style you know yeah, that, that whole kind of like art style era is definitely going to be an inspiration. Um, had, had, we're, we're not going over time or anything. I don't know how long we've been doing this. We go until we f- want to stop. Okay. Um, I had a couple interesting just to talk about the art of it in a small way, just because sure. there's a, the first eight pages hit it. Um, that I, I had a few, um, I like to do like art direction. What is it? I always forget the title of it. I, I, I like setting up the rules for things more than doing them. Um, and one big thing stepping into this and deciding how the art was going to be is a lot of people love to do this genre and this, there, there's just different ways to do it. A lot of people love to take this concept of like ruining, you know, the, this suburban dystopia kind of title or thing. And like whenever the, the big thing I'd point out was smiles. Like usually what they love to do is like exaggerate smiles that everybody's forcibly like smiling because they have to kind of situation. Mm-hmm. But I very specifically didn't want it to be like that because there are several moments that are, um, well, I want, I wanted everybody to feel very genuine. I like, I didn't want this to feel like a weird forced, strange dystopia I wanted it to feel like you were in the perfect little Archie Riverdale space. Nobody's, nobody seems unhappy. Nobody's clearly hiding anything. Um, this world genuine, I really want to try. I, there's not a whole lot of space to do this. So I'm kind of like over-exaggerating something that only gets done eight pages. Um, everything, like nothing feels wrong. I want to set up the nothing feels wrong. Like genuinely nothing feels wrong. Mm-hmm. And so when you do hit something suddenly very startling it feels like it hits a little more um i originally had a lot more kind of i'm gonna say i don't want to say horror like more like gory like fun i just i guess like um i had the intention of this book actually having some more like go not well not gory like violence i don't know that jarring that the jarring concept of you're living in this perfect archie world and then like somebody just dies suddenly because it's the 50s and there's no safety regulations on anything Mm -hmm. and nobody cares um 
And so I wanted to set up that like, nobody's like for, like everybody's fine. It's a genuinely okay world. So when something happens, it feels a little more scary and impactful. Um, and so in those first eight pages, there's like the crash that happens. And I really wanted that to feel like genuinely, like genuinely a little scary. Um, I don't know if I totally hit all those notes, um, but it is, it was something that was like, I really wanted that to be feel dramatic. There's a few moments in this that I wanted to like play up to feel actually genuinely dramatic. And the way to pull that off is not to have the world feel fake leading up to it, which again, is just something a lot of people do with this genre is they make the world feel fake. And then they show very clearly that the obvious veneer was, is veneer the right? The obvious facade was the facade. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, that's, that's just a minor thing. Again, just yeah, I can see what you're saying. Like where it's like people are really miserable all the time, but they put on the face of yeah. You know, everyone kind of looks like the Joker. I know what you mean about those four smiles. Yeah, the four smiles and all that. But I specifically like specifically had like a page of like here's way the way faces should look. They're not the Joker. They're not fake. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I I, I really appreciate an expressive style. Um, I kind of I mean. I dig the clean line, in general, for, for art in general, I dig clean lines, very expressive uh, yeah. faces and posing. Um, I like a cartoony look. I mean, you know, every story requires something different. Like this probably yeah. wouldn't work for like a serious Batman kind of thing, but like, <laughs> you know, for the tone you're going for, like it's it's the kind of stuff that's like right up my alley. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm really excited to sit down and read the whole thing. Um, I might wait until I get a uh, physical copy in my hands which will probably be soon um uh, as of this recording where well, there's what 20 days left yeah so this will probably go up in a couple of days so you still have about two weeks left to to get involved yeah. wow we're doing pretty okay yeah there's still 20 more days um and i it's if like it's one of those things where it's like it's funded now and i'm like so excited for it and then i like I look at the calendar and i've chosen like i one of the longest months of the year to do this <laughs> <laughs> I thought I needed the time. To be fair, that lets people jump on more. Yeah, more time is better than less time, right? Yeah. But I want to do it. I want to order. I want to get the. I want to get the stack of books, you know. But oh, that's got to be a good. It's going to be a good feeling when you get them boxes in and they're all just stacked up. I know. I love. I just love just like stacks of books, clean new books with that new book smell. <laughs> yeah, I. I bet you can't wait until uh cons and stuff are able to start up again so we can start bringing them there and talk to people about them in person yeah i miss cons because i do like artist alley stuff with like my mm -hmm. friends um yeah i miss conventions so much i miss doing artist alley i know i but like i i want that stuff to kind of start opening back up but i might make sure it's being done right um, yeah like i'm i'm scared like I, i'm scared of the ones that are i'm almost scared of the ones that will open up first you know like <laughs> Yeah, no pun intended. They're like the petri like dish, like experiment. Yeah, like because even yeah, even in the yeah. best of times, like con flu has always been a thing. It's so nasty. It's always yeah. nasty. I remember one of my first cons when I was a high schooler. The convention hall, the convention hall was like we were all in line for the convention hall, so it was like a line that like wrapped around, and they finally opened up the convention hall, and so it was that zigzaggy line that we were just like high fiving each other. Everybody just started like high-fiving each other on their way in. 
And I was like, and like thinking about that later, I was like, that was disgusting. Yeah. That was so nasty. <laughs> I know. Well, you've been going, I guess you've been going to cons your whole life. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> like what have been some of the like cooler ones you've been to? I actually don't get to go for, like whole life. Yes. Don't get to go to a whole lot. Um, when I was, I, there was like, when I was like little, like baby little, um, obviously went to the ones with dad, but then he wasn't able to do well. He got, a, he became an adult and he had to do his job. So, so yeah, I guess it's, I guess it's a bit of a different experience when you're there, like working versus yeah. like just being able to go and talk to people and stuff. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, there's like, I started going to anime conventions just as a teen. And obviously when you're a teenager, it's so cool to be loosed in the city with no supervision and mm -hmm. at the anime convention where all the cool anime stuff is happening. Um, and then I did that for years and years. And then I was like, I want to do Artist Alley. And now like cons are still fun, but I found that like I've done them so much and for so long that like, I kind of like, like, I feel like there's just not enough to spend every moment of being at a convention there anymore. So it's nice to have like, okay, I'll go to the panels I want to see and I'll spend a few hours that I want to go and buy stuff. And then I have like a table that I can sit in and just people watch for the mm -hmm. rest of the time. Like I love, I love to get to see the, just the cosplays and in the distance there's some nonsense happening. And it's like, wonder what that is. <laughs> Somebody yeah. else is having fun. Oh. There's always some dis always some nonsense happening. There's always some nonsense <laughs> in the distance. <laughs> yeah, I I haven't been I've been to precious few cons myself. I my problem why I don't really go to them is uh, well a having your own having a small business is extremely time consuming. If you don't do it, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Um, but like B, once I go there, like once my wallet opens, it doesn't close, and I can't you know. So yeah, like I want to meet and talk to people, but I feel like I'm wasting their time if I don't buy something. Yeah, that's that's always the problem. Is like, and people get nervous. But I know people on like the internet get nervous about like, oh, I'm I'm talking to the people. I want to talk to the artists, the artist alley and stuff. The answer the answer is always like, you can talk because I like to talk to people. Um, but if you need to disengage without buying anything, take a business card at least. Like my answer is like, take a business card, say thank you, and do step a little. If you're gonna stay, step a little out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> So you're not blocking everything. Yeah, I, my my experience, um, most comp of people or you know or artists that you want to talk to are usually pretty excited to talk to you about comics yeah. and stuff or whatever they've got at their table. Um, I I would just say you know, unless you've got something specific, like you guys are working something out, like maybe you're doing a commission or something there, yeah. like you know, just people like to say like, oh, I like your stuff. Maybe in you know, if you're not gonna, you can't buy anything like. Just, you know, basically let them know that you they've been seen and you can move along. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, I, I, I most know people, people I've met have been very cool at these things. Yeah. Like, no, if, if you're worried about like, oh, my problem, like, no, most people are fine. If the people, the people who sit and waste everybody's time never worry if they're wasting everybody's time. <laughs> yeah. If you're worrying about it, you're doing something right. Yeah. If you're worrying about it, you're fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're conscious of it. Um, but yeah, man, I miss cons. Yeah, I would be nice to start doing things again. We we were doing like events every at least one event every month at the store, um, and then you know almost a year to the date uh, we were forced to be shut down and haven't really had a chance to do much like that since. Um, but you know, hopefully we'll have something cool uh, that you know by the end of summer. Um, you know, I I don't know a bunch of our employees are starting to get vaccinated. I'm 
there's like four million yeah. people ahead of me on the list. Like, like I'm the least important person in the waves. Yeah, um, like I, Austin is so bad about it. Like we have, I saw the numbers. It's something like a, like we have three hundred thousand question mark people, and like two hundred thousand of them are on high priority, just because mm. like a lot of low income, a lot of old folks. Um, so I'm like at the bottom of the list and I'm like, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> yeah. well, I guess, fortunately you can do your job from home, right? Yeah. Like I've, I'm fine. You know, I stay safe, get my groceries from pickup. Um, mm-hmm. do not fight. There's another counter. <laughs> um, oh, I've got three of them running around. You don't have to tell me about that. Yeah. I've got one cat. My roommate had three. So <laughs> Yeah, my brother was living with me, and then he and his, I think they had just gotten engaged. His fiance got three kittens. I was supposed oh. to keep one. They were supposed to take one, and they had a friend that was supposed to take the third. That friend fell through. Uh, her grandmother passed, and they inherited her mean old cat. Oh. So, like, that would have, they would have killed the one that we, they yeah. would have taken. So, I wound up with three of them. And now I've had them for like, six or seven months now i'm attached now i don't want to yeah now you can't now, now you own them now, now. they have personalities and stuff so I know. <laughs> yeah, now i can't get rid of them but they still are technically kittens even though they're like cat size so like occasionally yeah, that weird they will chase each other and slam into everything and it's awful <laughs> but the rest of the time they're very sweet um no i love cats but so do i i've also got a dog unfortunately my this best case scenario where like none of them care about each other so it's all right good perfect yeah that's that's the best way to balance it <laughs> yeah so as long as they don't bother each other when there's food about they're fine so i just keep their i feed them in different rooms so it's all good um but yeah so i guess i'll probably do us with this i think we went almost an hour um okay so again the link is in the description um danny thank you so much for joining us yeah. Um, and again, you're the impossible, or not the impossible snail, just just impossible snail on impossible like snail. Twitter and Instagram. Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. I swear Facebook's for old people, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't go on it personally. Um, but yeah. So if you want to check out your stuff there, and we can, you know, I, I think people are worth. I think it's worth checking out. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show and, and plugging your book. Um, hopefully, you know, you see a small bump in sales uh, from this. Um, I've always said, I don't really do this for the viewers. I do this yeah. just because I want to talk to people about stuff. So it's just- Honestly, yeah, I just yeah. Love, I just love getting up here and being able to just talk to everybody, so. Yeah. <laughs> Again, thank you so much. So uh, the plan is for next episode, we're going to do the Snyder Cut, but oh. <laughs> I think it's going to be the way it's going to, it's releasing on Thursday, episodes go up on Friday four hours long and i don't think we're gonna yeah. be able to have a chance to watch it in time um so maybe we'll talk about something else um this episode is going to come up uh you know because it's a kickstart and time sensitive i'm gonna try to get it up in the next couple of days so it'll be it won't be part of the normal friday uh release but you know it'll be episode 40 it's going to be an official you don't need to worry about the canon terribly much yeah like we, there's still like three weeks left or whatever and i just want to yeah it's also good to get more content up anyway yeah that's true um yeah, so until next time, uh, be safe. Yeah.